Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game. Or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the sports gal pal herself, Ramona Rice. Well, hey there, Gal Pal Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where I help you understand why we sports fans scream at the TV during a game or live in person like I did last Saturday when I was four rows away from the field and my brand new season tickets for UVA football, which was supposed to be a brand new era with Bronco Mendenhall, and he changed all the entrants, and we were supposed to be awesome, and we were playing against Richmond, which is a division lower than the division we're in, and yet they still kicked our asses. But I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at SportsGalPal and, of course, on SportsGalPal.com. And, gals and pals, it's that time of year again. Fantasy football. That's right. It makes us all complete experts at, you know, really what they've done is they've taken Dungeons and Dragons and they've taken it out of the world of Stranger, Stranger Things and they brought it into mainstream, you know, things. So, again, I am the defending champion of the Blog Talk Radio League. And as such, um, I have a big target on my back this year, and we have some new members of the Blog Talk Radio League, including my guest today. He is the host, I believe it's, um, oh, the Razzball Football Podcast. It's also on Blog Talk Radio. Um, they, <laughs> I get my guest, Galpal Nation, to um, write like short bios about themselves, and I rarely read them. Oh, I'm reading his. They call him J-Rong. They call him J. Some even call him Legend. <laughs> okay. And quite possibly philanthropist i don't know he's the editor-in-chief of all things Raz football and he's my opponent this week and my guest it is jay longfellow from Raz football podcast jay welcome to the show thank you for having me i actually i have to admit whenever i i have fields to fill out i just kind of go with it whatever i'm feeling i think i was in a fun mood at the time so i do have to say though i, I was actually gonna drink a red bull but i don't need to after listening to your intro i'm really kind of fired up now so this is my fired up voice if you didn't know so i think this is my max wow but i am actually fired up i know you don't believe me but I am i'm su- there i'm super I'm there tired we we were talking <laughs> about this off air um it's the first day of school here for my tiny humans and i'm exhausted um and i didn't really have to deal with like after school stuff my mom handled that because i was doing some you know grown-up business stuff so so i'm actually tired believe it or not jay Yes, I think it's actually as as a parent, you should know that I, I feel like you're with me on this. I actually when I think about it, a big deal in Virginia here is, you know, they just I mean, in Maryland, since we're both uh, familiar with Virginia, but Maryland, they have the they passed the new law where you can't start school right after Labor Day weekend. It seems like kind of a pain, right? You come off from a three day weekend, then you have to get ready for school. It just seems kind of odd. No, we've always done it after Labor Day weekend. It makes total sense to me because the summer's okay. over because why start school and then give them a three day weekend? It totally like throws them off. You have to reacclimate them again. So, That's true. I'm just, I actually don't know anything. I'm not a parent. I don't know school. <laughs> so obviously I've proven that. We've, we've verified that fact. So <laughs> I'm, I've been a parent a decade. I still am not sure I've figured it out. <laughs> but anyway, Jay, I do like to start all my interviews with the same question. How'd you get into sports? How did I get into sports? Um, I think it was my father. He was, he was really big into 
the scene as I grew up. Uh, he was a military guy. Um, he actually, it was in Baltimore. I remember the first story he told me was, uh, it was pretty much F John Elway because he was a fan of the Baltimore Colts at the time and he did the Eli Manning thing, if I remember correctly. He did. Uh, way before my time, but he he always talked about how much he hated John Elway whenever he saw his face. Um, and it was, you know, when I was younger, we moved to San Diego and unfortunately, I think he chose the wrong city to raise me as a sports fan. That was... That was kind of counterproductive, I feel like, uh, looking back on it. I'm sure he couldn't foresee what uh, 33 years of that that, pandemo- that pandemonium. I guess it wasn't a full 33 years, but I, I'll say it from birth. But yeah, being a Charger and Potters fan is kind of rough, but I've kind of held on to it, even though I haven't actually lived in that city uh, since graduating high school. So I still, I'm in D.C. now, and I still hang on to, I guess it's out of sentimentality, but yeah, he kind of... Uh, put sports on me and i kind of fell in love with those two sports I, basketball not so much uh, i'm i'm watching the playoffs just because i feel like 90 percent of the teams that make the playoffs I'm not really into golf i'm not sure if that's actually a sport <laughs> but uh um, hockey is okay i guess uh it's really pretty on hdtv but yeah i think i think football and baseball is where i i grew up with so yeah, you are a fan of the Chargers and a fan of the Padres, and I was kind of curious about that. And I, I was just actually in San Diego this past April for the first time. It's beautiful there. I mean, it was. I was like, oh god, I get it. I get it. What people say. I get it. What people stay here, despite the bad sports. I get it. It is. I mean, it's a little unfair to me to say I haven't been there since high school. I graduated high school from there and then went to college in Seattle. But uh, after that, I lived in L.A. for about five or six years where I'd go down to San Diego. But, yeah, it's um, it's a beautiful area. Uh, amazing. It better be with the with no sports scene whatsoever or at least, I would say, an egregiously tough sports scene to deal with. Uh, which is the Chargers because it's frustrating, um, you know, I mean, because they had such promise when, you know, they had a decent coach and then they got rid of him and brought in Norv Turner, um, which I, I've always said, like, there, there are coaches that are designed to be coaches. There are coaches that are designed to be coordinators. And he's a, definitely a coordinator. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that argument. Actually, I'm probably one of the few San Diegans, I think is what they call them nowadays, Um who was actually okay with the North Turner era. I, I, I saw a lot of positives there. I wasn't a huge fan of Marty Schottenheimer just because uh, there, was some, there were some issues be- with him uh, just because, obviously, the playoffs, uh, he kind of did the Mike McCarthy, and you, know, you get like a one-point lead, and you just run the ball the rest of the game, which was a little frustrating. But it's hard for me to kind of support those arguments just because I was a little bit younger at the time. I'm not sure how much I remember, how much I'm cherry-picking. So I... You know, as I grew older during the Nerve Toner era, I came to appreciate the fact because, you know, Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates really thrived in that system. Uh, LT, before he began to break down, thrived in that system. So I enjoyed it. And now that we have Mike McCoy, I kind of miss it because McCoy is a little frustrating to watch sometimes. Um, he, he sort of projects the Bill Belichick type of philosophy where, you know, you don't say much in press conferences. You try to keep the team in check. You try to run... Um, a conservative uh, media outreach, and it, it's okay if you have New England's results, but it's it's something that I'm sure he's still working on. So, yeah, and I just feel like again the 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 Chargers are one of those teams where 
you kind of forget. But like last year, you know, like Keenan Allen was having an amazing year. And then like, what was it? His kidney got slashed or something. Like right. Crazy. Something exploded. Yeah. Something exploded. Something exploded <laughs> in his body. I mean, like yeah. legitimately. And you're like, man, that that's, that's, it, it sucks for me because I had him on several fantasy teams. I'm like, oh, Keenan, you're killing me, you're killing me. But, you know, that seems what happens a lot with San Diego is that they just kind of like, have really great promise and they all of a sudden start really well and then somewhere in the mid-season there's a bad juju or maybe too many fish tacos i don't know um maybe they're spending too much time in the gaslight district or gas lamp or whatever it's called um but anyway i don't know i i feel for you and and to be on the east coast to like a west coast team that's tough just because the time difference and you never get to see them play and you're stuck like i am because i live three hours away from you um in um redskin country which is dismal no one should you know it's not fun right at the at the very least at least this ownership group here with snyder is worse than spanos in my opinion not i mean you're kind of comparing rotten apples to rotten oranges here but uh i feel like (laughs) there's still a measure of of horribleness that that the washington team exudes i I would say, yeah, you're right. The Chargers find their find themselves during midseason kind of doing some strange things, whether it be you know body parts exploding, the the offensive line uh, disintegrating, things of that nature. But yeah, and, you know, being on the East Coast, I think it's especially tough just because number one, you know, when I'm writing up reports for the site, you know, on the games, uh, recaps, notes, whatsoever for the for the reading audience, it, it kind of gets cumbersome on on the primetime night games because you're sitting there writing until you know probably two a.m. And the other fact is I really don't get to watch as many Chargers games as I like because I have to pay attention to other games. So I, I would love to go back to the time, you know, when I'm drinking a beer and focusing on the Chargers breaking my heart. But then I can't drink when I write or else it'll just, well, it depends. It actually depends on the day. But I, I would like to say I don't drink when I write. Sometimes I do. But um, that's more of a philosophical discussion probably. But... Yeah, it's. I wish I could just go back to the days when I could just focus on on my home team. But it's it's times like these where you say to yourself, "These are really first world problems that I have." So I probably shouldn't talk about it too much. <laughs> I have found since doing this podcast that it's allowed me. Yes, I focus a lot on my favorite teams when I'm on here, and I've had guests to to focus on my favorite teams. Particularly, I talk about the University of Virginia a lot, just because you know that that's exactly that that's my happy place as far as fandom is. I'm a college football and basketball, particularly basketball nut. And um, I mean, I like NFL, of course. But what I found is interesting is that what it does is when you're doing like a podcast or like a blog that like you're saying, it forces you to kind of look at football and sports in a whole different way than I think a typical fan who just goes and likes their one team. I'm currently dating a man who's a, the biggest Chicago Bears fan I've ever met in my life. I mean, it, almost to the point of obnoxiousness. And he wants to do side bets when the Eagles play them in a couple of weeks. And I'm like... I don't know. You might get a really pissed off girl on your hands. I mean, like, be careful because they're not one of those girls that, you know, just likes football because her you know, boyfriend likes football. You know, I like football because I like football. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, that given that, but don't you find it? It's, it's interesting when you start a project like this, that it kind of forces you to look at the whole landscape of the sport rather than just your one kind of community of Charger fans. Yeah. I mean, I, I love being biased and I can't be biased. I have to kind of take the straight and narrow uh, path just because I understand that we have at least a large enough readership where I feel like I'm doing them a disservice if I'm not, you know, coming at the angle from their perspective instead of like I would just love all day just to tell people to draft Philip Rivers in the first round. I, if I was a normal fan, I'd just be like, yeah, Philip Rivers in the first round sounds good. Uh, take Antonio Gates second just to round it out. 
but obviously you can't do that in this in this type of uh, industry just because you know you'd be kind of signing a death warrant to their team in the first week but um yeah it's just it's it's something that when I got into it I wasn't really expecting it to have such growth or to have such success with it where we're at you know when I took over a few years ago we didn't really have a, a podcast arm that you kindly mentioned earlier we didn't really have we weren't really on the rankings uh, at least too high up I think we were hanging out in the bottom near near um, other you know uh, places I, I'm not going to say names I don't even remember them honestly but we were near the bottom and you know since I took over we, we've seen growth we've seen the rankings being the top 20 percentile we started up uh, a new podcast this year uh, I brought in some valuable staff uh, that just really enjoy writing about it having a little humor with it it's just been an amazing experience and that's not to say there have been bumps on the road and times when it's just like man I really don't want to write about this I just want to I just want to take take a break and do normal stuff, but then you realize, like I said earlier, it's it's something that you really can't complain about because not only are you having, you know, you're writing about sports as either a hobby or something that supports you. Uh, for me, it's both. Uh, luckily, you know, we're, we've gotten to the stage where I can concentrate on this uh, singularly, and it's an amazing feeling. And when you complain about it, you make yourself feel worse, I guess, just because you're like, wow, this is kind of a you know pretty nice life, uh, but. You know, then the Chargers go and lose, you know, 10 games. And you're like, ah, can't do this anymore. See, you, I love how you say you're unbiased. On Sports Galpa, I am totally biased towards my teams. <laughs> I don't care. Because I, I, it's a different kind of show. I am not the show where you come on to get analysts like, what should I do, blah, 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 or what should they do next? I'm just, I'm a fan. And I like to talk to fans about their fandom because... I feel like if we understand the fandom that we, you know, we get a perspective because you, you know, these guys and you know, these girls, when their teams lose, it becomes like for days, like forlorn, you know, I, I, like, yeah. I'll give you an example. I've got a really good friend, girlfriend of mine. She's a huge Seahawks fan. And when they messed up the second Super Bowl they were in a couple years ago, uh, we sent her flowers like someone had died. <laughs> it's ridiculous but we did it because she was so sad because of the way they lost and I'm just going in perspective of life it's really not the big deal but we do you know you get to the point where you're just like oh my gosh I you live and breathe by this team particularly if they're doing well um you know so I commend you for being you know as a neutral party that's hard well I tr I only I try to be biased in my in the comfort of my home, own home I think that's what it is I get I get very emotional I you know I live by myself at the moment it's not something I want to talk about too much, but why not, Jason? I, yeah, I know. But but the thing is, you know, I I still find myself yelling at the TV, and then after I yell, I, I let out this emotion, and then I look around like, why why the hell am I yelling? Like no, you know, no one's even here to experience the same emotion with me. So it, it's kind of odd how sports could do that. It's almost like, I mean, I hate to compare it to it, but it's almost like a real relationship. You know, you you have this love for an entity, and you know, like you said, if 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 they affect you emotionally in a way that's negative, you really feel it throughout the week. Like if, if the Chargers lose on Sunday, it's just like, man, Monday sucks. You know, you're just like, why didn't they win? And you're just sitting there lingering on it. And obviously, like, you know, if they fail you enough times, you kind of get used to it. And then you kind of have this disdain for it. But you still have that love for them if they do something good. It's it's a complicated issue that probably only a psychologist can can properly analyze. But it's it's an interesting thing, this, this sports fandom. I've had one of those on the show. 
What I'm interested to see, like, what was your take from that? Like, oh, just your basic conclusion of what they said about the relationship. Oh, well, he talked about, you know, how, again, you know, putting perspective of your life. Like, is this, you know, if it's a priority and, you know, how to do that? Because, again, the show started out while I was still married. You know, I'm widowed now, but while I was still married and, you know, I started really getting into sports like seriously because mm-hmm. I was going to be sports widow. And so I said, my husband loves every sport. I'm talking, Jay, every sport like curling yeah. was on. He would watch. So I, I picked my battles and I focused on football and then I really got in college football and then college basketball, of course, because UVA got really good. And mm-hmm. that doesn't begin my happy place. And, um, you know, he always had a great relationship with sports because he had his favorite teams were like the Oakland Raiders. And, you know, they were very disappointing while he was alive, you know. And so he um, he just kind of you know, dealt with it and he was really calm. Whereas I'm the crazy one going, Oh my gosh. Like when Michigan state like blew Virginia out, like the first, what was the second round of the NCAA tournament? What, two years ago? I mean, I cried. I literally cried like a baby. Um, you know, and since I, I've learned that that's inappropriate, but what the psychiatrist said was what the psychiatrist said was, is that this is a normal thing. And I remember in college, I did research on it for my sociology degree about college sports and fandom and all that stuff. It becomes part of our identity. I mean, you notice, have you ever heard people at a bar talking about like, we need to draft this person. We need to run these plays. They're, right. you know, they're the enemy. When we put those pronouns, it all of a sudden becomes, you're like, you're saying it's like a relationship. I don't think it's far fetched at all. Yeah, and I'm actually, I mean, I'm not glad you brought it up, but it, it kind of makes me feel at ease that you bring that up because, you know, I treat these two teams, you know, I mentioned that I, I got into the, the sports scene because of my dad and he passed away when I was really young. You know, he passed away when I was about 19. So I don't know how young that is comparatively to other people who've lost their, uh, you know, whatever parent, but it, it really devastated me at the time and my way of coping with it was to love the things he loved, like you said, with your with your husband. And you know, knowing that I still, you know, treat these teams as anchors, it kind of reminds me of the times I had with him and enjoyed with him. And I feel like that's part of the reason why I've kept so close to these two teams, even though, you know, I'm worlds apart from where where the, you know, general fandom is. Like, if you try to find a Chargers fan out in Virginia, it's, it's not going to happen, or in Maryland. Uh, so I am kind of appreciate the fact they bring that up, because it also brings up my own memories of the fact that, this is what's continued. You know, I feel these losses deeply. Like sometimes I find myself like when they won the Cincinnati game a couple years back in the playoffs, I'm like, man, I wish my dad could see this. He would love it. You know? So yeah, Yeah. I, I love that aspect of it. So yeah, no, I, I'm starting to get that now. Um, just little things. Um, I went this summer to Chicago. I saw Wrigley Field for the first time, and he always wanted to go, you know, to Chicago and Wrigley Field, and it was bittersweet because he wasn't there. You know, I mean, I totally get that. Um, you know, and it just it pops up, and it, it, it's, it's sports is like one of the few things, and we just saw this with the Olympics where you'll hug total strangers in victory. I mean, you will. Yeah. I mean, you just, you know, it, it's kind of like, it's not anywhere compared, but you know, World War II, when they, um, did the announcement that the, that the Japanese had finally surrendered and everybody rushed into like, what was it, like Times Square and they, the, the nurse mm-hmm. kissed the guy. It's like those moments, like when your team wins, you know, I mean, especially like a championship or something. Good God. I mean, it, it's like the best, it's, it, it's one of the best feelings I've ever felt, you know. I totally get right. it. Right. And you have that feeling of community too, just when, you know, you, you see some, it's just an interesting dynamic that, that we're talking about here. But it's also sad, too, because we're actually bringing up uh, pretty serious stuff. But, uh, it, you know, it, it all makes sense when you kind of flesh it out. So Well, but sports brings up serious stuff. I mean, right. how many issues, particularly in the NFL, um, you know, have come up in the last couple of years? Cheating, 
ethics, domestic violence, um, you know, Defla- uh, deflated balls. But again, so. ethics, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> you um, know, is this cheating or not? I mean, but that's those are really philosophical and sociological questions that people are like when they when people talk to me and they're talking to me in sports and they can't believe that I, you know, love sports in the way I describe it. I'm like, you know, but if you think about it, it's one of the few things where the rich and the poor, while the rich may have better access to see the games live and a better view, it's still pretty much everybody's team. Right. And the, and the fact that you can consume it any way you want and any level you want, like, let's say if you just go to the water cooler and do that cliche small talk, you can just talk about, hey, how about those charges last night? Or, you know, how about this? And then but if you want to expand upon it, you have statistics, you have history, you have uh, what you were talking about, the social issues that bring with it, whether it be political or, you know, ethics or whatever. It's, it's you know, when you think about it, just the depth of connection that humanity has found with something like taking a dead pigskin and play a pigskin and just throwing it around, you know, grass field. It's an interesting concept that actually we're thinking about right now and discussing it. It's, it's pretty cool actually. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, and it's why some people are so like feverishly trying to protect particularly football, even with concussions issues mm-hmm. and health issues coming up, they're still like protective of it because like you said, it was bonding for you and your dad. You know, and how many yeah. parents and kids and uh, like myself, husbands and wives and, you know, I mean, bonded over football a lot. I'm actually happy you brought that up, too, because I've actually I, I wrote on the side a couple years back. I think when I took it over, I said I think one of the things I talked about was the fact that I feel like football isn't going to be here forever just because of what you said, the concussion issues, the health issues. I just feel like, you know, in, in maybe 10, 15, 20, 25 years, I don't know how many years it is, but at some point people are going to realize the the toll it takes on the human body. I think we are now already, but it'll reverberate to all the parents out there. And when they have a choice of watching their kid play baseball or tennis or golf or basketball, I think they'll realize that those sports are probably a little bit better than football. And, you know, you'll see a percentage of these highly skilled athletes go into other sports. And while I love the sport of football I enjoy it I myself sometimes have moral conflicts watching it when I see how the NFL is handled not just the concu- concu- excuse me the concussion issue but you know domestic violence uh, even their drug policies just uh, it's it seems like there's a lot of backwards in this sport and you know the the more discussion I should bring up even when I bring it up on my site uh, you know a lot of people raise up and say well we just come here to to talk about fantasy football we're going to have fun but I think these issues are important not just from a you know even if you enjoy the fantasy part but we should talk about it you know because I think awareness is the first step to kind of realizing what your priorities are how, how deep your fandom is and if you can't talk about it then what's the point of enjoying it with just a blind eye I feel like you get a, a a more serious reaction to these types of things if if I could kind of put a loose label on it or a quick label on it. So Yeah, I completely agree. I do. I do. All right. Speaking of fantasy, you're my um opponent this week. Um I'll yes. be honest. We drafted it so long ago. I was on vacation. So if you guys have listened to that um episode, I'm barely in it because I was in a hotel and I had many things to say about many people's choices. And you're the championship team, correct? So uh, apparently, yeah. So you're uh, saying I have a chance this year if you're if you're Yeah, <laughs> if you're yeah, 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 yeah. So here's here's what happened. So we were on another site. We're on ESPN this year and it's it's a lot easier to use. And the site just it was odd. They the first two weeks we were all put together as one big group. It was really odd. 
Um, and it was based on points and all stuff. It was just not set up correctly. Mm-hmm. And, and Podvader didn't have full commissioner powers. It just, it wasn't the best site. We had a couple, even the experts, they were like, they just, they just, you know, like it happens. You just abandoned the team because, you know, there are only like 20 leagues. Like, I think I'm only, I'm only three leagues this year. One I'm a commissioner of though. So that kind of ups it a little bit more. But I limit myself because there's only so much I can do. And then I'm in right. one paid football pool, um, you know, a weekly pool. That's it. That's my limit. Cause I got I got life, Jay. I don't know what you yeah, got. You got kids. Apparently, yeah. yes. I have tiny humans. Okay, <laughs> so I drafted. Um, let's see, my QB spot. I've got Carson Palmer. I like him a lot. Devonte Freeman. I've got Ryan Matthews. I'm kind of regretting that, but oh well. Um, Alan Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Timmy Watkins. Jimmy Graham. Which we were talking about off air. I'm like, oh yeah, I probably need another tight end because he's like completely injured for a while. So, Calvin Benjamin's coming back. Super excited for him. Bengals defense. And then Seattle's kicker. I can never pronounce his last name. And really, who cares? Because it's a kicker. So, yeah. And I've got a couple of people on um, the bench. I probably will move up, depending. Because I do have D'Angelo Williams, too. He might be useful the first couple weeks. I don't know. I just want to, this comparison thing kind of scares me just because I see all the advantages, check marks on your team, except for the Jimmy Grand slot. And yep. I get the advantage there, which I w- you could... Co- the way it's going, they could have just put a check marks there for your Jimmy Graham spot anyhow. But I'll be honest, my team, it, it looks pretty good if this was half PPR, I feel like. So we should probably, I think we should switch formats uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I think that's what we should do. Um, yeah, yeah, I just, uh, I went with Philip Rivers. Uh, that's homerism. I have David Johnson, Arian Foster. It, it should be noted I have Le'Veon Bell on the bench. So I'm very has, mad you have David Johnson. Yeah. I had him last year, and I loved him very much, and you took him from me. And that's yeah, I, I remember Pod Vader kind of discussing this pick, like if I had faith in him, and I, I really don't have any problems with him. I, I, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I know the whole like sophomore thing, but I love him very much. Yeah, I just, everything looked good to me. I, I didn't get a chance to watch. He apparently had a special on Netflix or whatnot or some, some kind of show, and they, they got some good vibes from it. And so down the grapevine, I heard that news. I'm like, yeah, if he's got hype surrounding him, I'll buy into the hype. So. Um, yeah, and just around that, I have Cooper, Cobb, and Gates, and Decker rounding out the rest of the offense. Ooh, Decker uh, I have is the tr- so pretty. Yeah, I, well, yeah, <laughs> sure, I'll go with that. I have no. I have that's no my only girl. That's my only girl. Like <laughs> yeah. moment there, he is one of the prettiest men in, in oh, football. That's fun. Plus, I like to do it in case Pavetter's listening because he hates him because he's a Jet, and it's uh, his wife's favorite um, football player, Eric Decker. Oh, okay. Imagine I guess that. That's yeah. a good reason to hate something if it's your wife's favorite thing. So yeah, yes, uh, good for him. That's <laughs> the building blocks of marriage, I suppose. Um, yeah, I have the Chargers defense. I just, it was like the last pick, and I just, I enjoy drafting the Chargers defense in all my leagues so I can drop them if they do something wrong. I just, that's how I get out my disdain. I just, I just throw them in the trash. I'm like, okay, I feel better. It's kind of my, my therapy, my self therapy. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not sure if it works. So, and yeah, Justin Tucker, which, Seemed cool at the time. I think he was my second to last pick. I don't, you know, in leagues like this, I really don't draft. I don't really pay attention to defense and kickers, especially in ten team leagues, because there's just there's so much good stuff out there that you just want on your bench, you know. So you just kind of, I feel like just waiting and seeing what's out there. So yeah, like I'm looking at tight ends available right now. Benjamin Watt. Um, let's see. No, he's on injured reserve. Richard Rogers available. Jason Witten. Kyle Rudolph. Um, let's see. Uh, who else? Owen Daniels from Denver. Crocker Gilmore from Baltimore. Selleck from um, Pittsburgh, even though I'm from Philadelphia, even though he'll be second after Ertz anyway. But there's still some good quality tight ends. So, yeah. I'll I think that's a function of, of it being a 10-team league, too. I mean, I personally, I 
I enjoy the 12 team format just because I feel like it, it's you know when you look at a 10 team league you look at every team you're like wow that, that team is stacked like what what is there left to do I feel like in 12 team leagues you can be a little more involved with the waiver wire um, teams aren't as stacked uh, you know the the talent is kind of spread out there's a little bit more risk to kind of drafting your team wrong or there's a little bit more reward for drafting it correctly I, I I'm not sure your feelings on that but I. I don't mind this format. I'm not going to protest Pod Vader. I oh, I protest gonna, him all the time. Yeah. All right, I'll let you. I'll, oh, I no, I have no problem since. protesting Pod Vader. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, Jay, Jay, how long have you been on the Blog Talk Radio family here? Oh, uh, just this year. This is my first year, so okay, that's why yeah. I'm kind of yeah. I'm being trash. You know, no, kind of. no, 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 no. You <laughs> protest Pod Vader whenever possible. He likes it. All right, I promise. I'm going to post, gonna post like my team picture as a protest sign. Yeah, no, seriously, you should, you should totally, you can tweet him right now. Ramona said, Sports Gal Pal said that we should protest Pod Vader. <laughs> and change it to a half PPR league. <laughs> no, right. no, 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 because that's a disadvantage for me. Only Signed one. former champion of league. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's so much pressure this year because, like, you know, last year, uh, people, I think they assumed, you know, again, oh, she doesn't know anything. Like, Jay even asked me, Pod Vader's like, Ramona, have you even played fantasy football before? I'm like, um, yeah, Jay. Yeah, that was a little condescending. Oh, of course it is, because it's Pod Vader. <laughs> yeah, I should yeah. not be mean to Pod Vader. He gave me my show. I love him very much. Yay, Pod Vader. Yay. Um, but you know, yeah, no, I get this a lot. I'm sure. I mean, it's getting less and less as more and more women are involved in sports. That I'm not really a unicorn, but I am. <laughs> um, you know, so it's very interesting when men still like. I'll give you an example. I'm I'm in a po- new uh, football pool at a bar. And um, one of the guys is like, do I need to explain the abbreviations of the teams? I'm like, I think I'll figure it out. But part of me wants to, Jay, just tell them, um, you know, no, I'm stupid girl. Help me. You know, just just to just to just to do it, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it is unique. We have um, I think I talked to you off the air or in an email or something that we we have. We're. We have Jen, who's a staff writer and she's wonderful and great. And it's interesting just because it. You're right. It's not unicorn. It's a great thing that that we, you know, it's it's becoming a little bit more even uh, on the scale of uh, whether or not be fancy players or fantasy content producers. But it's odd just because the dynamic of her. I get actually love letters in the general email pool <laughs> sent to her, which I never send her because honestly they're cringy as hell. Like I tell her about it, I'm like, oh my do, God, do you want to yeah. read this? It's pretty funny, and she's like, no, I don't, I don't want it. I don't even want to deal with it. And I understand, but. I'm forced to read them. I feel like they're like little secrets that I share between this and like stalkerish type people. Mm-hmm. And first, it's kind of creepy that people are out there. But I'll be honest, I it kind of makes me laugh too that this new dynamic, you know, brings the worst out in people. And I don't, I have no, I don't, I don't know what to call. It. I have a little like false sense that you know this stuff would happen to men too. But it, it just so happens that it's specifically addressed to her, and they're they're really strange and odd and. You know, I have to bring out all the uh, all the my thesaurus to describe it, but it's just um, it's interesting. It's an interesting lifestyle, I guess. So. It, it's hard out here to be a girl fan. <laughs> <laughs> right. It is. It is because men sometimes, and and I guess some females too, they just get a little nutty, crazy. But what can you do? It's fandom. Yeah, it is. And you know, men men say stupid things all the time. It doesn't a a, a woman doesn't have to be present. So I, I feel like it is. It is magnified when a woman is present, though. I think that's the issue, maybe sometimes. But, okay. and that's not definitely social commentary. That's just you know, this is just, just Jay. Yeah, this yeah, is Jay's just life Jay. experience. <laughs> right. Yeah. Jay, if um people want to check out Razball or any of the stuff you're doing, where should they go? 
Yeah, just go to rasball.com. It's two Zs. Um, I guess you know the sleepy Zs. If you need uh, like a like a picture in your head to remember, I doubt you do. It's just two, so it's just rasball.com, and uh, just on the football tab is where we hang out. Um, yeah, that's about it. And what do you guys talk about in the podcast? Oh, on the podcast, we actually we just have a panel. You know, Jen's there. We have uh, one of my favorite guys, T. Hall. He's been with me since the beginning. He's there, and we just added a new panelist. I don't even know what to call these people. They just hang out on the pod. His name is Zach. He's he's like my protege. He's only sixteen years old, but his knowledge of football confounds me. And his writing, like I, I help him with his writing because I I actually majored in English lit. And so I'm trying to – I saw a lot of potential in him when he applied. And I was – he was like, but I'm 16 and I, I don't know if that's okay with you. I'm like, when, when I read his work and everything and what he's been doing, I was like, whoa, this is amazing. I really want to help you out. So he's, he's, he's probably the most informed on the show, if you can believe it or not. But he's part of it too. And we just kind of talk to each other and make fun of Jen and Zach as much as we can because they're actually Patriot fans. So that's oh, why that's are Rishi. they Patriot fans? That's I awful. have no idea. They don't, don't even live in Boston. So I, I'm not they are don't they live from in Boston? With... No, Jen's from Pittsburgh. I don't What the I'm... hell happened? <laughs> yeah, like why isn't she a Steelers Whoa. fan? Which, is equally, which can be equally bad, I will admit. But <laughs> you know um actually Zach might be from Boston. I think he was born there, but so I it's probably the parent dynamic maybe. So um, but yeah, we just we just hang out and talk to each other about stuff, make fun of each other. We actually we don't even talk about sports sometimes. Sometimes we talk about politics or whatever big news is going on, movies that we've all watched at the same time, you know, stuff like that. So nice, nice. Well, I will yeah. be on the show this week as well. I'll be on your show. Yes, you should be Bat- button up the hatches because I'm I'm awfully fun. Anyway, it is Jay from Razzball. Check them out and thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed the time. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.